it's not a very long story, but you know, is I was working at a certain unnamed place, and a employee that worked with me um, needed a ride home from work. Okay, they didn't have a vehicle. I took them home. They lived not far from me, so I dropped them off. And they're like, um, come in for a minute and meet my uh friend. And I was like, okay, whatever. I went in. And it turned out that their friend was a stripper and my employee was also like a stripper and they were doing a private show in their apartment. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I come in and the one girl's on the floor and she's like doing this thing, rolling around on her back. And she like does a scissor twist with her legs and out pops a glow stick. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> like, okay. Um, and all these guys are around the circle throwing their dollars down. And I kind of come in with the person I worked with. And I was a, um, anyway, uh, I came with the person I was working with and she started to get undressed. And I was like, okay, um, I'm probably going to need to leave. And one of the guys turns and like, are you her manager? And I, I said, yeah, because I was her manager at work, but he's asking if yeah. I'm like her <laughs> handler as a stripper. <laughs> so, so I misunderstood. And he's like, I'm going to need to get these girls signed up. Can I give you my information? I was like, oh, oh, not that kind of manager. Anyway, so I didn't stay there long, just long enough to see, oh, that's what's going yeah, on. So uh, I was just telling Paul not too long ago about how I was getting more comfortable with messaging your wife about things, just even though I've never met her. Um, but I now know more about her than I thought I would ever know about anybody else, like glow sticks coming out of her vagina. So I thought when you were referring to that, you were talking about your wife. <laughs> so no, she is uh, far too uh, germaphobic and sanitary okay, no, that's cool. for that. Yeah, because that just doesn't sound safe. Like you know, they say don't don't ingest what's inside of those. No. And, you know, I don't know yeah. the acidic nature of the self cleaning vagina, so um, one does not know how <laughs> long it would take for it to eat through that kind of plastic. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into our cold open topic. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, something that's kind of in my wheelhouse. Yay. Um, our favorite comedy dramas. And I'm not confident about Zach not pulling one or two from my list. About him not doing that. But I have enough to say Zach go first. Zach, was, was that okay. how you threw that question out there? Oh, was it? Well, that, that's that's fine. Oh, did I fuck uh, it up completely? <laughs> um, I was thinking more specifically, an actor who does really good comedic and drama in the same Shit. Kind of role. <laughs> I went with movies. <laughs> I think I could come up with a few off the top of my head, probably from these movies. Although probably. that one, um, yeah. Why don't, why don't you guys go first? Okay. Hey, Zach, how about okay. you go first? We can, we can, we can, we can rewind. No, not at back, all. So if, no. Okay. No. <laughs> so, um, all right. I've, I've double slotted Jim Carrey here. I'm going to start off with Truman show, which I think is, he's brilliant both in a dramatic oh, and a comedic absolutely. way in that movie. And, uh, I also popped in, 
him and Jeff Daniels both in Dumb and Dumber. Like, there's some moments where I love you so much. <laughs> I I know you do, <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's legit moments in there too where they're both like showing real yeah. emotion. You're like, oh, these guys can act, but they're so <laughs> dumb and funny. Right. Also, uh, Joe Pesci Joe and Pesci, Goodfellas. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've not been friends for 16 years. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I've got okay, two more here. Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill ah, on Wall Street. <laughs> Sorry. Jonah Hill I had just because Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> mainly. Well, and yeah. uh, Moneyball. God damn, he was good in Moneyball. Oh, he's so good in Moneyball. Hmm. I just like how funny he mm-hmm. is in uh, Django Unchained. Yeah. The last one I'll do is a, kind of a, a silly one, but uh, and maybe not everybody would agree, but Adam Sandler and Click. <laughs> he's not necessarily that funny yeah. in the movie, but in the second half, when I when I first saw that, I was, you know, still impressionable. I hadn't really seen him do much drama at that point, but he made me cry in the second half. Well, and, and like rain me. on me, he was fucking really good yeah. in that movie. Yeah, not very, not very fun yeah. in that movie, but no, but no, yeah, yeah. But that, I think, click was the first time I realized he had because I hadn't seen Punch Drunk Love yep. at that point, so I didn't really yeah. know yeah. him. I saw Punch Drunk Love in a theater. Yeah. It, it's wonderful. probably on my list. He's really good in that movie. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to pull. I'm only. I'm going to jump in front of Paul because I purposely want to steal one of him. <gasps> okay, cool. there's, there's a reason for it. So first off, I'm going to say Robin Williams. Obviously, I mean, uh, yeah. All right. Any specific role, or are we just saying in general? I mean, we can like. I mean, Good Morning Vietnam. Oh yeah, good one. So I mean, you can go that. You can go Patch Adams. I mean. Basically, anything where he kind of has a beard, he's going to pull comedy and drama at the same <laughs> yeah. time. So, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Goodwill Hunting. I was, yeah, I was about to say Goodwill Hunting, especially like that improv line just oh, makes you laugh and cry at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Hanks does it in every movie, just about. Just about. Well, I'd say like his Maybe 90s, well. 80s movies. Um, uh, like, I'm, well, Every, every I was going to say probably yeah. a little less of his 80s <laughs> movies because, you know, well, Joe versus party. Volcano. Bachelor Party. Bachelor and, Party, uh, yeah. The Money Pit aren't exactly. <laughs> yeah. And The Burbs. Oh, The Burbs. What a yeah. great film. It doesn't really do any <laughs> drama in there. Yeah. Um, and then the one I'm stealing from Paul, Alice and Janie. Oh, Oscar winner, Alice and Janie. <laughs> Just because, I mean, if you look at, <laughs> I'd say, like, I even I, Tanya. Where it was mm-hmm. such a like serious role, but at the same time so over the top. God, I fucking right. love that woman so much. Oh, she's so um, good. Yeah. yeah. So those those are definitely mine. So terrific. Nice. Yeah, Paul, what do you got? Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna start out with I thought was going to be the most obvious answer, and I thought I was gonna have to change it once Zach stole it from me. But he didn't steal it from me, and I really appreciate that. The entire cast of the Royal Tenenbaums. I just oh. the entire <laughs> cast. When like, when you told me what it was the the actual topic was, every Wes Anderson went through my head, and every person in a Wes Anderson movie basically was removed, except for because yeah. <laughs> Alice Janney's been in Wes Anderson movie, hasn't she? No, she has not. She has not. Good for she, her. She should be. 
she deserves it. <laughs> I mean, if if you're if you're that talented, you deserve to be working with the absolute best. And Wes Anderson is that. Uh, and <laughs> everybody agrees. Um, nobody disagrees, yeah. especially on this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jonathan, what were you saying? Excluding Edward Norton, is that like the, God? You know, I but I had to take forget. Edward Norton out because of that. <laughs> Edward Norton, I don't think, does comedy too well, though. Like he, like oh, Death no, Smoochie, I think he does. Comedy. I thought was really good. But I think he's amazing in Death and Spoochie. I just think it needs to be written for him, even though he's the one who takes a lot of control in his movies. Um, Not all the time. I, I think he gets a little more of a bad rap for like two or three movies that he did that on. I think they're good things. I do think that they. Apparently, apparently him taking control of American History X saved that entire movie. So. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. From the episode we did on that movie, it did not sound like it was going to be a very good ending. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it, I think the MVP of the film is Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller and uh, Royal Tenenbaums is one of my like probably my favorite ben stiller performance. i just fucking don't like ben stiller i still don't like i just sorry for the, you the only time i've liked ben stiller was when they were making fun of ben stiller and extras that was about it well sorry for you because well in man, mystery man i guess the man's incredibly talented and i could bring up all the dramedies he's done with no oh, sound sure. back because him and the meyerwitz stories sandler and the meyerwitz stories uh hmm. That's a great one. Um, Francis Ha. Oh, Greta Girl. Greta Gerwig and Francis Ha. Oh, that's a performance. Yeah. yeah. I let I left women off my list. Naughty me. I mean, I I guess I technically included yeah. Angelica Houston and Gwyneth Paltrow, who I'm not a huge fan of Gwyneth Paltrow, but mm. even she's good in the Royal Tenenbaums because it's it's a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah. Because Wes Anderson's a perfect filmmaker. Uh, never made a bad movie, Jonathan. I see you shaking your goddamn head. Stop it! I turned my mic up just Rich, to shake Rich, my Rich. head, just in case people couldn't hear me shaking my <laughs> head. Wobble wobble. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Noah Baumbach, Wes Anderson, all their movies. God, this wooden whale made me so sad and uncomfortable. But it was yeah. Good. Oh God, it's so good. <laughs> Eisenberg in that film is. A revelation. Oh my god, he's so good in that movie. <laughs> yeah. So of creepy. course, Jeff Daniels in that film, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk, talk about, about a, movie. a movie. All right. Yeah. you beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy and we are your oscar grouches and welcome back to the oscar worsty podcast a show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history trying to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what are we watching this week jonathan 
Well, this week we're talking about The Apartment, a film about Jack Lemmon turning his apartment into a gross sex pit until he falls in love with a manic pixie girl. She teetered the line of manic pixie girl. She did. Don't like it. (laughs) Whatever. She teetered the line. She's so proto Manny Pixie dream girl that they're all in her rearview mirror. <laughs> Take that, Kate Winslet. <laughs> nice. I'm kidding. I love Kate Winslet. She's amazing. <laughs> all right. It is a beautiful April 17th, 1961 for the 33rd Academy Awards. We are no longer coming out of the RKO Pantages Theater in Hollywood, California. Oh, Uh, apparently last week was the last time, Mm. or at least for now. I don't know. I can't say specifically if it is the last time, but instead we are coming out of the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium in Santa Monica, California. Oh, and a one. I'm sure nobody is familiar with this person. Bob Hope is our host. Who? Exactly. Who, who, who this guy? Or like Bob? Nope. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, our most nominated film on the night is The Apartment at ten. Our most awarded film of the evening is The Apartment at five. Oh, and tonight. Uh, the Academy Awards are no longer being broadcast on NBC. They are now being broadcast on ABC. Oh, does it stay that way forever? Because they're they're uh, now, right? That's where they are now. I don't know if it's. We shall see. Yeah, we. I, I will. I will keep everyone updated on the changes here. Did Disney on ABC yet? No. Okay, I was like, Dis- was Disney trying to pull a power move here? <laughs> No, I mean Disney. Disney's still not even releasing their own films. They're still using right, yeah. like RKO and places like that to release Aww. their films. Best picture goes to The Apartment, of course, over The Alamo, Elmer Gantry, Sons and Lovers, and The Sundowners. Mm. Billy Wilder, director of The Apartment, gets Best Director over Alfred Hitchcock for Psycho, being Hitchcock's fifth nomination. Uh, best Actor. Goes to Burt Lancaster for Elmer Gantry. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, beating out Jack Lemmon for The Apartment. Elizabeth Taylor wins Best Actress for Butterfield 8. Delicious. Uh, beating out Shirley MacLaine for The Apartment. Peter Ustinov wins Best Supporting Actor for um, Spartacus. And he beats out Jack Christian for The Apartment, who's Dr. Dreyfus. Okay. The neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Wait, hold on. There's a person named Chill Wills. Jill Wills? Chill, Chill Wills. Oh, Chill, Chill, Chill Wills. Wills. <laughs> he, he was in the Alamo. Man. The, the actual Alamo, not the movie. Yeah. Of course. Poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, and Shirley Jones gets Best Supporting Actress for Elmer Gantry. I'm I'm not specifically sure she's the one I would have given it to from that film. Mm, probably not. Hmm. Okay. Doesn't look like there's any other acting nominations for Elmer Gantry, which yeah. is a shame. Uh, best story and screenplay written directly for the screen goes to Billy Wilder for The Apartment and hey. I.A.L. Diamond 
also. I ate a diamond? I ate a diamond. Yeah, I saw that name in the credits. I'm like, is that that person's actual name? Mm. Yep. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, best screenplay based on material from another medium goes to Elmer Gantry. Best foreign language film goes to The Virgin Spring from Sweden. Bergman! You know, last week, Zach, I don't know if I pointed out, but both 400 Blows and Wild Strawberries got nominated for uh, writing awards. 400 Blows fucking rules. I meant to watch it, but I haven't yet. Oh, it's God, you, you, you got to catch that one, man. Truffaut's Truffaut something else. Love French New Wave. Hmm. The best documentary feature goes to The Horse with the Flying Tail. Mm-hmm. Best documentary short subject goes to... Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Jesupina. Looks like it's supposed to be Giuseppe, but Jesupina. Jesupina. All right. That brings us to our podcast within a podcast. Walt Disney Oscar Watch. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm watching that guy on TikTok. Have you seen him? He does like Mickey Mouse, but his... uh, uh andrew lincoln's character no negan yeah oh Negan. oh the dad from supernatural yeah <laughs> uh the comedian yeah <laughs> uh, uh thomas wayne from batman versus superman Dawn that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that guy gets around he's a He's a hunk. I want to say he's got range, but really, that's all just gritty characters outside yeah. of Thomas Wayne, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't think he speaks as Thomas Wayne. So yeah, <laughs> he's just there to look pretty. <laughs> I'm just upset when he gets shot in Batman vs. Superman. You don't hear a comedian died tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, best live action short subject. Uh, Walt Disney is nominated for Islands of the Sea. He loses to Day of the Painter. The Zack Snyder film. The Zack Snyder. <laughs> Snyder's Day of the Painter. I want to know what this creation of woman is. Hmm. Probably another grooming film like Gigi. Jesus. <laughs> right there. Apparently this is an extremely funny 15 minute film. According to Time Magazine in 1960. Okay. All right. Uh, best short subject, cartoons. Walt Disney is nominated for Goliath 2, <laughs> which is directed by um, longtime Disney collaborator Wolfgang Reitherman, oh. who most people may be most familiar with. It's the director of Robin Hood. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he he directed a lot of stuff in the 60s and 70s. Like, I think he also directed 101 Dalmatians. We said he was like the guy who is specifically a fan of recycling footage or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He is the guy who loved recycling footage. So most of those shot, uh, those side-by-side shots. Um, Jung- Jungle Book is mm-hmm. another one. I don't remember if he directed that one, but I think he directed The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. And uh, recycled Jungle Book into that film. <laughs> uh, Goliath 2 loses to Monroe. Oh, Davy. Wow. We're, <laughs> we're making Davy and Goliath references, huh? <laughs> uh, 
lost the Oscar. Uh, apparently they lost the Oscar to a film about a rebellious little boy who was accidentally drafted into the United States Army. <laughs> hmm. No matter no matter which adult he tells I'm only four, they all fail to notice. Oh god. Best music score of a dramatic comedy picture goes to Exodus, beating out the Magnificent Seven by the great Elmer Bernstein. Hmm. That's wild. Um, best score scoring of a musical picture goes to Song Without End. <laughs> well, I guess that takes talent. Um, and speaking of songs that do end, best song goes to Never on Sunday from Never on Sunday. But not that song from the Alamo at the end. Not, not the <laughs> Alamo theme. Uh, there is a song from the Alamo nominated, but it's not the ending song, which is a yeah. shame. Uh, best sound goes to the Alamo, beating out the apartment. So uh, Gordon E. Sawyer, who wins for the Alamo, beats himself for the apartment. <laughs> Thanks for the pause. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that. Sure did. Please. Oh my god! Uh, did anybody listen to the the Banks episode this week? Not, Not yet. yet. No. Their their guest, who's wonderful, phenomenal guest this week, um, has this moment where he's talking about working on some project, and he was like, "It really helped me with my diction." <laughs> <laughs> Just enough of a pause to be like, "It helped you with what now?" <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Um, uh, best art direction black and white goes to the apartment mm. best art direction color goes to Spartacus beating out a 1960 film called Cimarron yeah oh <laughs> I see historically that the remake is w- rated even worse than the original so I have no desire to rewatch it <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wow now I kind of gotta see it <laughs> Best cinematography, black and white, goes to Sons and Lovers over the apartment, which I'm kind of okay with. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, we'll get into that. So obviously, Psycho should have won. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. We're gonna get into that. <laughs> okay. Uh, best cinematography, color goes to Spartacus. Best costume design, black and white, goes to The Facts of Life. Uh, and that's Edith Head. Edith Head gets another Academy Award. Yeah, 75 now. Yeah, 75. Getting ahead. Uh, best costume design color goes to Spartacus. Best film editing goes to The Apartment. And best special effects goes to The Time Machine. All right. Honorary awards. All right, it's going to get sad for a minute, so I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to... Okay, well, I'm gonna do the second one first and the first one second. So Stan Laurel gets an honorary award for his creative pioneering in the field of cinema comedy. Kind of oh. rude to give it to just Laurel. Fuck Holly. <laughs> Hardy. Hardy, thank you. Um, and then Gary Cooper wins. Uh, an honorary award for his many memorable screen performances and the international recognition he, as an individual, has gained for the motion picture industry. Gary Cooper does not accept this award. James Stewart accepts it on his behalf. And hence, within the uh, 
the speech that he gives that something is very much wrong with Gary Cooper, who has cancer and will die four weeks after this broadcast. No. R.I.P. Gary Cooper. All right. The Academy Juvenile Award is back, and yeah. they give it to Haley Mills for her performance in the movie Pollyanna. Oh. Two All facts. Right. Two facts come from this. The first fact is this is decidedly the last time that the Academy will give out this award. Hmm. They say if kids want to win Academy Awards, they can just go get one of them goddamn selves. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Second fact, Pollyanna is my sister's nickname for me because we watched this movie entirely too much growing up. Oh, <laughs> it's adorable. Uh, my nickname for her is Jimmy Bean. Which is her Pollyanna's friend in the movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so much so that when she got married on uh, Instagram, you could go back and look at the hashtag. Hashtag Jimmy Bean gets married. Nice. Aww. Just putting that out there. And our Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award goes to Saul Lester, was a film producer. Fair enough. Very nice. Who would live to the ripe old age of 90, dying in 1980. Yeah. Okay. That is our breakdown. All right. Thank well, you, Kylie. Yeah. Thank oh, you, sir. I forgot to ask is this everybody's first time watching this movie? Yes. No. Ooh, tell us about your history. So, uh, you know, my first time wasn't that long ago. It, it's not a very special story. Um, it was two years ago. I, I'd had a copy for a while from a movie scene closing and I decided to watch it. Nice. I don't, I think I was in my one year of college. I was dating this woman who really loved this movie and showed it to me. And now I really love this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. Indeed. I thought it was okay. I well, think it's perfect. Really? I, I, I adore it. I, all right. So <laughs> I don't, I don't not like this movie. I actually, like I said, think it's an okay movie. I just, man, I don't know. It felt very middle of the road for me. It, uh, I, I love Jack Lemmon <laughs> in this movie. I love yeah, him in this movie. I think he's incredible. Yeah. I think Shirley MacLaine is right on his level. Yeah. Every step mm. of this movie. Oh yeah. And her non manic pixie dream girl niche. <laughs> Yeah, Jack Lemon is amazing. That's the whole, I mean, reason I wanted to do that um, cold open topic because just his switching back and forth is without so, without missing a beat. He's just flawless. So my yes. only Jack Lemon, I can recall every movie of Jack Lemon I've seen, and it all just started with Grumpy Old Men, mm -hmm. like yeah. both of those. And then on to, oh, what's it called? The American President or something like that? Yeah, uh, an American President. An American President, and then 12 Angry Men. And now this. This is the only Jack Lemmon movies I've seen. So I only saw his comedy, and I loved it. And Grumpy Old Men, they're like my favorite movies. I think I've even talked about how Grumpy Old Men was the first movie I ever cried to. Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, one of my favorite Jack Lemmon performances is Glengarry Glen Ross. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. He's so good in that movie. And um, the first time I ever saw my friend Pat Flaherty act in a play, he was playing the Jack Lemmon character from Glengarry Glen Ross. 
and he blew Jack Lemon away. And I was Damn. like, it, anybody who can make me forget Jack Lemon is immediately <laughs> my favorite actor. Yeah. 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 No, so, I, I'd seen him, uh, always known him as an older gentleman. So it's been fun to go back and see him in his younger roles. Oh yeah. God. He's so hot in this film. Yeah. He's a good looking fella, oh but at the same God. time, very toned down. Like, um, I don't know. Cause like you look at, uh, his the boss guy can never remember his name fred, fred mcmurray fred mcmurray um is more of that like 19 late 1950s good looking guy that very like you could see this guy smoking a pipe on his chair with some, with a good voice that's just that's what i see as that classic good looking guy and then jack lemon's very every man good looking um right but yeah, put him next to Shirley MacLaine, and that's just a beautiful fucking picture. Oh god, they're just gorgeous together. Mm. Mm. But I, I just the movie as a whole, I liked. I did, but I just the story itself, I think, was what drew me away from it. I just okay. didn't feel like there was substance there. That's wild. Yeah, it just so, it did. I just didn't feel like there was anything there until she attempted suicide. And then I don't know. I feel like it took like this weird turn for the movie that I didn't like didn't know, didn't think it was going to do something like that. I thought, hmm. you know, I was just going to get this kind of comedy of errors where it was just going to be like, how is this going to, you know, how's this snake going to eat its tail? But but instead you get a really interesting look at how uh, corporate America destroys the human spirit. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it just it, it takes nepotism to an incredibly different level. Indeed, yeah. it does. Oh god, so, it's so good. I just I just think it's gross because he sleeps in that bed still. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what else but, is he gonna do? I, but I just. Oh. But, but that's that's. <laughs> that's how the character I know evolves. It, he's like, so he's he's a he's, fucking cuck the entire movie. <laughs> it's gross and just he is he, and he's, he evolves and, out of it. And he's just he's just a I was about to use a word I shouldn't use. Um oh, a word I, I learned about last year that I was gonna say pee on. That is not an acceptable term, and I really? apologize for even thinking of it. Um uh, that's another discussion. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll okay. have that I'm, I'm have to look please, that up. Everybody who's listening now, please go look that up. I hope I have drawn some attention. Please never use that word. Huh. Um, okay. But it's a word that kicks around in my brain, and I, I thought I should mention that it came to my brain because that's essentially. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so don't use that word. All, All right. right. Learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, now I can't even think of a different term. He's just a guy that gets rolled over a lot and yeah, a pushover. Yeah, and and he uses it to climb, and yeah. watching him climb is gross and horrible, and when he realizes who he is versus who he wants to be, it's, it's such a triumphant moment watching him just walk out on everything. Yeah. I, and, and you do see that throughout the, like this movie really does character progression. Well, 
because you even see when he tells all of the other lower bosses, hey, no, you're out, but in a very diplomatic kind of way without well, see, telling him the real reason, but he was still able to say no, yeah. despite the fact that there was another reason for it. Right. So that, I mean, that comes off as progression while still being fucking gross. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't see any, like, I just don't see much growth in the sense of in the end, he just wanted the girl, but he actually really didn't try hard enough because she went to him. He never went to her, which, which I love. I love that okay. he doesn't, he, he realizes that trying to chase her is part of this lifestyle. And he's, mm-hmm. if he chases her, he hasn't really learned anything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So to have him take, take the role where he's like, okay, I'm just going to leave. I'm leaving everything. This apartment is, is gross to me now. And everything about this apartment is disgusting. And I don't want to be here. So I have to leave everything essentially that's associated with it behind. But when she finds out that he has given everything up and essentially has told his boss to go, to go fuck himself when he's trying to get the apartment again, he's like, no, you can't bring that woman here because she's too good for you. And she's too good for this lifestyle that I have become a part of. And once she learns that he has grown as a human being, she can go to him because him chasing her is just him trying to get back into the lifestyle. Essentially. I feel uh, I've been just sitting here kind of listening to you guys kind of marinating on my own thoughts. I think it's really important that, you know, we've, we've seen so many movies where people instantly quote unquote fall in love or they instantly hook up. Um, but with him not pushing the point with like, even the ending scene when she does come to him and he's finally like, Oh, I love you. I love you. And she's just like, obviously just come out of this traumatic thing and she's not ready for that. She's just like, okay, let's let's play this game. I think that's very uh, subtle and lovely. The fact they don't, they don't kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it just ends with them sitting on a couch playing a game together. It's, it's as innocent as it can be. Yeah. Like there's, there is no, no sexual undercurrent to it. It is just pretty much, I respect you as a human being and I'm here because of that. And yeah. we're going to finish the game we started mm-hmm. when our relationship would which didn't start there, which is, I think the most interesting thing is that they know each other well before Mm. any of this kicks off. Yeah. That, that they talk to each other in the elevator every day. And she, she remarks about how, how courteous and kind he is and how he's the only man to ever take his hat off in the elevator. And he remarks on the way she has her hair or the flowers that she wears, they notice each other and they, they respect each other. And there is, there is a relationship between them. And so what happens grows from that. It's not just, I found this woman to try to commit suicide in my bed. Now I'm going to try to get with her. Right. Right. Yeah. 
no, there is a basis for a friendship and a relationship going forward. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's I not think, immediate. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's really good writing. And yeah. I think it definitely deserved the Oscar for, for that. I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I just, and I just can't get past the gross bed. <laughs> so gross. And how does that shit even start? <laughs> like, how do you just like one day your boss is like, hey, I need to go fuck this chick. You know, I have your house. Oh, yeah, here you go. Here's my key. That, it's, it's pretty oh, much that. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, one, the one thing I... Oh, go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say, I, you know, knowing what kind of shit still happens now, it's not too hard to believe that somebody would just like ask around until they find somebody that said yes. And yeah. Or, you know, they just end up at, they end up at the party. Like they end up in later, like in the middle of this movie. Yeah. Where the two of them are just there and they're drinking and everybody's just having a good time. They walk into his office and two random ass people are just making out in a chair in his office. You know, you start there and your boss is hooking up with someone and, He's like, hey, um, I can't take this lady home because I'm married, and uh, that's a real shame. And you just go, oh, I, my my yeah. apartment's like two blocks from here. You can, I guess, you can use that. I'll I'll just stay here at the party. Thanks, buddy boy. We'll get you that raise. Yep, exactly. And you keep yeah. using it to climb, and maybe he's got maybe he changes the sheets and sterilizes the bed every night it seems no, like he doesn't he cooks his fucking ribs and goes to bed <laughs> <laughs> probably all right so <laughs> uh, <laughs> so here's something that i was kind of questioning and zach you had kind of brought this up uh with uh Gigi a little bit uh mm. i don't know if we did it on the episode or just uh kind of off camera um the Hayes code sex is being brought up quite a bit more and with us getting into the 60s um, we know it kind of comes up a lot more too. Everything's uh, about to change. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, are we seeing that kind of here where it's like, I mean, yeah, there's what, a huge shift because I mean, this is a movie about infidelity, basically. Yeah. And I, I just, is that tightening really starting to loosen up quite a bit here? Because like I said, with Gigi, outside of the fact that, you know, Coruscant's being historically accurate, they were talking about sex. This movie, yeah. that's all they fucking talked about. And I don't I, think they yeah. ever said sex once in the entire movie. <laughs> but no. they were saying things like, I got to do stuff with this girl that's not my wife. Guess what I'm doing? Yeah. I think the key here still within the Hayes Code is that anybody who participates in these bad behaviors isn't like, doesn't quote unquote get away with it really. Right. At least, at least Fred McMurray's character. It's like, it's not that he's done this and he's, but he's free but he's the only one because honestly if you look at the other bosses they're still doing their thing yeah but the most part but they all lose the apartment i guess could be yeah but but yeah and none of them are treated like good people by the script no 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 all of them are treated as exactly as they are just disgusting (laughs) human beings (laughs) and honestly and that was kind of what i gathered from the movie as a whole is there was really no person in the right this entire movie at all mm-hmm. like i mean jack lemon being kind of the the, the instigator i don't want to say instigator but more of just the yeah the, no go the method in the means yeah i mean there there really was no good person at all in this movie 
I mean, even the secondary characters, like, I mean, not, not even secondary, like the switchboard girls, <laughs> they were all going after their executives. I yeah. mean, they, they were all looking to get some from somebody who was probably already married. So Shirley McLean's the closest, but she, I mean, you know, she, no, but, but she, she was, still was the mistress. Yeah. And she knew he was married. He filled her with so, false hopes, but yeah, she still did go, will, willingly and knowingly go into it. Yeah, and yeah. and even to the point where the secretary like corners her at one point is like, "Oh yeah, I used to be you," and <laughs> so did so did these other like twelve women. And she still wait a minute, Doctor Dreyfus. He's oh he's, good he's, call oh yeah Dr. yeah Dr. the both of the, the oh no his, his wife, wife i thought his wife was my favorite character the entire movie <laughs> i loved her so much yeah like get stay away from this jackass <laughs> yeah um <laughs> don't touch my dishes you'll break them <laughs> like everything you touch is just turns to shit yeah <laughs> no i just like i said i, I I, I did not like this movie. I liked this movie. I just middle of the road in it. And I, I don't know why I feel like I got to be that guy the last few oh, movies. That's all right. I mean, but I have a this, little variety. Yeah. I mean, and, but this isn't even of the same kind of caliber like Ben-Hur was, because at least Ben-Hur I could recognize as an amazing movie that just wasn't for me. This one just I just didn't see. I guess I'm not seeing what everybody else is seeing. Yeah, that's. I I guess that's all it really boils down to is that you have what are we at like sixty years of film that comes after this that yeah. have all tried to copy this to look at and yeah you you're not you're not seeing this through uh, a historical lens or through yeah uh, the eyes of nineteen sixty like you you're looking at it through a modern lens and yeah it, it feels like a lot of other stuff because a lot of other stuff wants to feel like this sure sure and i this film is it's beautiful it's charming it mm-hmm. has a lot to say about the the downfall of corporate america and it yeah. i don't know it, yeah. it it really speaks to me on level i think jack lemon is perfect in this film shirley mclean's perfect yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm only so upset that both of them lose Academy Awards mostly because Lemon already has one Shirley MacLaine's going to get one and uh, Elmer Gantry is amazing Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen it before this week and yep. ooh, Burt Lancaster in that film is something else yeah. yeah yeah we'll talk about that in a little bit I'm sure, but yeah, he impressed me. Um, no, I, I don't know that even through a modern lens, there are many movies I've seen that handle the tonal shift from like, it starts off like kind of screwball comedy ish. And then it, yeah, it, it slides into the serious drama without like the abrupt, Oh, yeah, I, I thought mean, I it was super. I thought it took no, a freaking I, I, corner. No, I I thought they really eased into it because they really they really start setting her up. I think they do. Like I agree with that. They do start setting her up. Like especially, I mean, everything lead, of that night leading up to her attempted suicide yeah. was very deep, and that's when you know I felt like that turn was happening. But I just felt like the second that happened. 
I was like, there's two ways this is going to go. They're going to continue goofball comedy and the suicide with the way that the bumbling nature of Jack Lemmon's character. Or it is going to take that dark turn. And I, and, and I, and I don't think it's a bad idea what they've done. I think it was a really great idea what they did. Um, and I, once again, when you bring in the Dreyfus character, basically saying, dude, you, you, what did you fucking do? You piece of shit. Like, I'm only here because this girl's almost dead, but you need to knock this shit the fuck off. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I didn't feel like it was, it wasn't like super abrupt, but I don't think it was as subtle. And I don't think that that was a problem either. Mm-hmm. I just felt like her, you saw what was going on with her. The second you realized that she was his mistress, you're like, okay, it, things are going not right with her. Because especially, you know, when they were in the restaurant and they were talking about the relationship like that previous summer. Um, but no, I just felt like it did. I felt like it did take that turn rather quickly. But again, that's how I, I saw. I, I thought they, they strung along really well so that when it takes the turn, it, it feels earned and it feels like that is a good oh, it, progression to the earned. story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, oh, Zach's got more to say. Oh, yeah, um, I'll just I'll just add that, uh, you know, I. I enjoyed little things like the soundtrack, the like little noirish kind of jazzy mm-hmm. stuff going on. Just it all vibe for me. And, and yeah, I understand if it doesn't perfectly vibe for somebody, but for me, it just, it meshed and I loved it. And Oh, I just had to bring up. I, I laughed so hard at the, um, the woman who's like, Get yourself a new refrigerator, and he goes. Oh, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> Not now. <laughs> that, that I don't know. It just gets me. Just the way she yeah. delivers it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, any other notes, gentlemen? Um, no, not really. I, unfortunately, this is one of those films for me where I I can only glow on about it and say how about how everything's amazing so much that scripts top-notch the cinematography is incredibly gorgeous it's so crisp and beautiful mm-hmm. uh and yeah the two the two leads are mm. just great oh god they're so good fair enough mm. <laughs> so uh library of congress paul uh you will not be shocked to learn that this is in the library of congress because it is a perfect movie mm-hmm. could you give me a year I'm going to go 91. I'm going to go 2002. Oh, Zach's closest. And he wins the price is right. Nice. 1994. Okay. Nice. All right. You would have been closer on Psycho, though, which got in in 1992. Oh. The documentary Primary goes in in 1990. The second class are there. Uh, also from 1960, Wild River, House of Usher, Usher, uh, 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 Think of Me First as a Person, which is a home film that was recorded between 1960 and 1975. Mm. Uh, the Magnificent Magnificent Seven, and uh, Spartacus, okay. which was the inspiration for. Uh, Tom Everett Scott's 
favorite quote in the movie, that thing you do. Yes, I was going to bring it up eventually. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's get into our worsty judgments. And as the outlier, I'm going to start us today. Okay. Um, And I also wonder if I'm going to get some agreement on this one. Um, Do I think this is, um, or does this movie deserve best picture? Um, as I said, I feel it's very middle of the road. I could see this being a best picture though, but it's not the perfect movie psycho. Psycho is a perfect movie. Psycho should have one best picture. Why after you giving me the breakdown of all of the Oscar nominations, psycho was not mentioned enough. Was, uh, enough. Enough. Mate, yeah. Enough. Uh, bugs the ever loving shit out of me. Yeah. Um, like, I've not seen a lot of Hitchcock, um, but I've seen enough. And I think Psycho is Hitchcock's, like, my favorite movie of his. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's, I, I, I'm not faulting this movie for not being a best picture for me. I'm faulting the Academy for this one. Uh, Zach, what do you think? It says this movie deserve best picture. So I totally hear you on um, Psycho, and added to that that Hitchcock has like a legendary run of three years with Vertigo, North mm-hmm. by Northwest, and yeah. then Psycho, and none of them get a best picture nomination. Is it blows my mind? The fact that what was it, Rebecca? Yeah, got it. And I'm, that's the only one was of his eh. one of best picture. And yeah, um, I also watched Elmer Gantry that we talked about a little bit, and that was an amazing movie. I really dug that. <sighs> Seen The Fugitive Kind is a good one. Magnificent Seven. That said, that said, even though I do think Psycho is a pretty perfect movie, I'm not mad that it didn't win Best Picture because I love The Apartment even more, and um. Okay. I think, again, this is looking from a modern lens, but I think Psycho has been, has earned its right over the years as a classic and, and it doesn't need the Oscar. Um, and I know, you know, even to now, the Academy is not very kind to horror or, no. or, yeah. or thrillers <laughs> yeah. and stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's, so that, that is a problem with the Academy, but well, no. and horror is generally pretty bad on horror. It's yeah. <laughs> the cheapest of any of them to make. And yet that's why we keep getting so much crap and it just oversaturates the good stuff from being yeah. seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just a shame when they turn a blind eye and don't yeah. nominate people like uh, Tony Collette right. or Lupita yeah. Nyong'o for yeah. awards. They should have won that year. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's my answer. I, I think the apartment deserved it. Fair enough. Paul. All right. Best to worst, or worst to best, however I do this. Uh, I did not get to watch The Sundowners because I could not find a decent copy of it. Mm-hmm. AKA, I couldn't steal one off the internet that wasn't in Russian. <laughs> you, you look like you're trying to say something, John. Nope, not at all. <laughs> we do not endorse piracy. No, we do not. Or hacking pipelines. Yeah. 
Um, and and that being said, I I was I I was gonna watch it at bedtime one night after after um, the boys went to bed, and uh-huh. the copy I had wasn't good. So yeah, is that a is it a western? It's an Australian western. Oh okay, produced by American people though. Interesting. Uh, it's not. Um, the proposition. Oh, right. Oh God, the proposition's so good. <laughs> Shout out Nick Cave for the soundtrack. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, watch the Alamo though. Holy shit, that was boring. <laughs> I I gave it three stars because it is a beautiful looking film. But mm. oh man, does John Wayne directed it and produced it? <laughs> so it's on only, the nose. Yeah, it it is. Oh my god, it is a movie. Right. Loaded. <laughs> it's bloated. There's there's scenes where characters just give monologues that are like, oh my god, this is going on entirely too long. <laughs> yeah. And it's not really interesting to to get there. So I would not suggest the Alamo to anybody if you want to save two hours and forty-five minutes of your life. You're saying forget the Alamo. <laughs> Exactly. Really? <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Um, uh, Sons and Lovers was interesting. It. I don't. I don't know. My my feelings on that movie are still kind of up in the air. Like it. It's essentially. Um, Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, Dean Stockwell. Dean, well, yeah. Trying, trying to get laid or successfully getting laid by two women in a two hour movie where his mother's, his Oedipal complex uh, keeps him from really appreciating women outside of his home. Oh. Not to say that he's trying to bang his mom, but, <laughs> you know, however that goes. Sure. Uh it's an interesting film. Uh, I'll say I, I enjoyed my watch of it, but I'm still kind of eatering one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's definitely better than the Alamo. Yeah. Uh, and then Elmer Gantry. Holy shit, that movie's incredible. <laughs> I, I'm so sad I did not watch this movie sooner. I, I, only, I only wish they would have stuck the last like two minutes of that movie. Yeah. Oh. Him, him. Spoiler alert for a sixty-year-old movie. Uh, him walking away from the the whole Kent revival life. Yeah, is the wrong call. He hmm. should have stayed there. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with with that. Um, like we said, uh, this is totally speculation and and like viewer hope that he eventually does get there and. Re- in the end, but I mean, the movie doesn't explicitly say that. So, yeah, but it is a scathing <laughs> takedown of uh, evangelism. Yeah. Oh God! And Burt Lancaster. Who I need I to found. watch this movie now. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Burt Lancaster, who I found out last week, uh, was offered the role of Ben Hur, but turned it down because he is a raging atheist. <laughs> is now my nice. favorite actor of all time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh and God, he's so good in that movie. Like I said, I hadn't seen him in much other than you know playing the strong, silent type, like in The Killers or in uh, From Here to Eternity. Mm-hmm. You know? Whatever happened to the Gary Coopers of the world? The strong, silent types. <laughs> he, he died of cancer in 1960. We covered this already. Oh, that's Jonathan. right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sorry, just I anytime I hear it. Gary Cooper, I think of The Sopranos. Every yeah. time. No, every time. Um, but. Yeah, uh, Burt Lancaster deserved that Academy Award. He's Absolutely. incredible in that movie. That movie is incredible. I highly suggest it to everybody. Yep. Uh, and if I was going, honestly, if I was going to give it to any film above The Apartment, it's probably Elmer Gantry, but The Apartment's perfect. It's incredibly good. I love it. It fills me with love and hope. Uh and sadness and despair all at the same time. And that's all I can ask for a movie is to take me on an emotional roller coaster. And it it's it's way better than Psycho. Uh I I, I just I love Psycho. I, yeah, I know. It's it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I love it so much I even defend the nineteen ninety-eight remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. But, well, uh, but nope, I'm just going to say if Vertigo is not going to win Best Picture, Psycho is not better than Vertigo. Fair enough. So, yes. um, so Paul, let's snake this one. Uh, man, what's the question? Uh, is this wow. the worst Best Picture? <laughs> I knew it was going to fuck up somewhere. Paul, is this the worst Best Picture? Not even by a long shot. It it's incredible and i love this movie and uh i want to hug uh shirley mclean and tell her everything's gonna be okay and just made myself a little sad there well you still have the opportunity she's still with us yeah she is and i want to do that yeah. is especially especially when we get to 1983 <laughs> um we'll get there though um it is my number seven sitting right under it happened one night which I had a really hard time deciding whether or not I should put this above. It happened one night, but I can't. And sitting right on top of All Quiet on the Western Front. All right. There you go. Zach, is this the worst best picture? No, it's not. And sometimes I feel like I sit and listen to you guys and hear what you're talking about and thinking. And then I kind of don't fully gush as much as I should because it's my new number two. I, I love it that much. Wow! The only thing that's above yeah. it still is Casablanca for me. All the and, police in a fireman. <laughs> wow! And you know, I'm I'm just maybe I'm just partial to those uh, dialogue heavy uh, scripts yeah. and and things. I mean, I dig it. Sure. Right. What's your number three right now? Uh, I actually went back and I looked at my list really hard and I I had been her, but I bumped it down and put uh, On the Waterfront back up there, number three. That's also my number three. Mm-hmm. Nice. But uh, I'll get that list done. I just got to watch that one yeah. fucking movie. But Bridge on the River Kwai is my number two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm going to agree with you guys. Obviously, this is not the worst best picture. Uh, top 15, definitely. Uh, might sit there teetering 10 uh, but I, yeah, again, fair. I just got to watch one movie and I'll do my damn list. <laughs> just one movie. One. Yeah. You, can, you, you said you have a two week break coming up. So that I do. I do. Let's, 
that's a perfect time to waste three hours on an okay movie. <laughs> <laughs> put it on in the background. It, it's... Yep. Yeah, there's there's going to be like ten minute segments where they're doing musical numbers where you could just go do something. Else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we're going to go ahead and call it there. Uh, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and. I think I'm on Instagram now still. I don't remember. Uh, at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, or TikTok at House Havoc. Yeah. Paul. Um, I'm not going to be that enthusiastic. I apologize. But you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and that other place I am, um, Letterboxd, Letterboxd, where you can follow my rankings of these films at Father of the Fear across all platforms. And Zach, what are we watching next week? Hold on to your pants, Paul, because we're watching West Side Story. Tonight, tonight. (laughs) Or if I can find somebody to watch my daughter, I may pull my wife in on this one. Uh, Actually, I think we have... Oh, do we have a guest? Yeah. Well, West Side Story, you can watch with a subscription to Amazon, Hulu, or Sling TV... And you can rent it on Google Play, iTunes, Voodoo, or YouTube. Lots of nice options there. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Up Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at the Oscarsky Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen. Almighty Rhythm of Al Gore. This is the Rhythm of Oh, yeah. Jonathan and Zach, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>